um, scarred by, by sin and by life. And, and my greatest concern is this, that we don't understand the blood. We don't understand the forgiveness of God. And even if we get a glimpse of that, let me ask you another question as we're dealing with this. Can you forgive yourself? Do you realize if you tell yourself, I could never forgive myself. I know God has forgiven me, but, but I cannot forgive myself in what I have done and how I have behaved. Do you realize you're telling God that you're not all powerful? You're telling God the blood isn't strong enough for my sin. God, your grace is insufficient when it comes to what I have done in my life. I'm just trying to help us here understand. It, it, because when you come to God, the devil can't stop you. You've been baptized and you've been filled with the Holy Ghost. But you do have an adversary. We understand that tonight in 1 Peter 5 and 8. But, but what if the devil could play with my mind enough that I don't do anything for God? Yes, I come to church. Yes, I pay my tithe. Yes, I'm faithful. But boy, do I live miserable. Because somewhere in my mind, because of past sin, I feel I can't be what God wants me to be. Or I'm not worthy enough. Or I'm not good enough. Could I challenge you in scripture tonight? That's not true. What the Lord has done already here tonight, you have to receive it for it to work. God said, I'm here. I'm willing to work. I can change your circumstance. I can change your situation. I can bring restoration. But will you receive it? He, he, he's working. I, I'm going to challenge our concept when it comes to God. I'm going to ask a lot of questions tonight. We have to know who Jesus is and what his mission was. Because I, I, I have prayed tonight, and, and I feel the Lord wants to bring deliverance tonight. But, but not so much from drugs or alcohol and immorality and stuff like that. But what if in my mind I'm not thinking like he wants me to think? What, what if the devil has convinced me that I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, my mom didn't want me, my dad didn't want me, I felt rejected, I've been told I'll be worthless, never amount to anything. What if I still live in that mindset even though I've been baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost? We all battle this. I don't think just <laughs> it's in our own world and in our own situations that the enemy comes to us and, 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 and tries to, to, to immobilize us, if I could use that term tonight. You, you, you have so much potential and capability to do great things for God, but the enemy doesn't want to see God use you in those realms. So he's got to come against you with thought. He's got to and, and try to convince you in, in your thought process. You'll never be good enough. You'll never be worthy. You'll never be what God called you to be. All of that's a lie. You've got to understand that. God can do more with you if you just trust him and believe what he's wanting to do. He can take you places in the Holy Ghost winning souls and doing ministry you never dreamed of why I accepted the grace of God in my life and I stopped beating myself up our worst enemy is the guy we look at in the wind in the mirror every morning when I conquer him or her I'm gonna be in pretty good shape and what I mean by conquering that is, I'm, this is the day the Lord hath made I will rejoice and be glad in it I'm not gonna look in the mirror and say man you're worthless God, you've made a mistake. I just saw it. But we, if we're not careful, we, we think in those realms. Could we go to Luke chapter 4? I want to go to verse 18 uh, through 21 if we could tonight. And, and the other thing I want you to deal with, knowing who he is and what did he come to do. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel. I, I want to show you five areas that Jesus came to minister to. Number one, the poor. Don't raise your hands, but I'm sure there's some of us in that category right now. We're so broke we can't pay attention. We don't even know how we're going to pay our bills. We don't. He said, I came for you. 
the poor, the down and the out, the poor in spirit. He, he said, this is why I came. God manifested in the flesh, came. And, and, and we're going to go through a lot of verses tonight, how he suffered, what he went through. The city he lived in and was raised in and what all of that meant. Because see, sometimes we think, ah, it's just me. If I lived in a different city, if I had a different set of parents, if I had a different circumstance, God's got you right where he wants you. I don't need another set of parents. The one that rejected me and didn't want me was the one that God had for me. In order to minister to people, you're going to have to get victory over these things. How can I tell people that God's a healer when I haven't let him heal me? How can I tell somebody that God could do anything when I, when, when I really don't believe that? Because I'm not allowing him to touch me in those realms. He goes on to say, and has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. God, why am I going through this? I can take care of it. You may be here tonight, and you may be angry at God. And your anger at God is, is because somebody violated you. Because somebody behaved inappropriate towards you. And you may be saying, God, if you're really God, why did you let this happen to me? God didn't let that happen to you. God never has overrode our will. We can't even get into conversations of our past tonight. Where we hurt people, where we were cruel to people, where we robbed people. and did all, You see what I'm saying? We, we, we don't want to, that's not the road we want to go down. But, but what we have to understand is because God has brought me through that and I've accepted the grace of God, I can be here tonight and then be allowed to be used in ministry to preach deliverance to the captives. That's what he came for. Come on. Recovering the sight to the blind. Set at liberty them that are bruised. Uh, And again, if I could use one verse for a job description, if Jesus would fill one out, uh, it would be Luke 19 and 10. He said, I come to seek and to save that which was lost. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm walking on the face of the earth. It's for every lost soul. Have you ever noticed that Jesus didn't go to influential people to minister? How many realize Jesus was homeless from the age of 30 to, to 33 and a half? Scripture says the son of man hath nowhere to lay his head. Ain't, don't sound like a palace to me. Don't sound like people's waiting on him to me. He went everywhere he was invited. No matter whether publican or sinner, Jesus, would you come eat at my house? I'll be there. Oh, yeah, people question, but I'm here today, tell you today, he'll come to your house if you'll invite him. If you'll ask him to come into your situation and your problem, he'll come. And he'll start ministering, and he'll start changing things. Why? Because i got to let him in. It's interesting where Nathaniel, where uh, Andrew is dealing uh, with uh, telling Peter that he's found the Messiah, and they go, and, and, and Nathaniel said, could anything good come out of Nazareth? I'm from a city of 400. It's actually 385. It's at the end of the county. Bad reputation. When you told people you were from Monroe, they didn't say, hey, give me a high five. (laughs) They grabbed their wallet and they'd start just kind of moving, (laughs) clutch their purse. On Halloween night, the neighboring city was 55,000 people. But on Halloween night, it took, took more law enforcement officers to handle our city of 385 people than it did the people of 55,000. I'm talking about reputation. When Jesus came from Nazareth, it was one of those places. Do you realize that they, it was so low on, the, on, on a city scale that it was never mentioned one time in the Old Testament? Where are you from? Um, 
I know people who live in Yakima right now. When you ask them where they're from, they say Seattle. Don't tell me where you grew up doesn't affect you sometimes and what you may come out and you feel, you know, it's just a bad place. It has a bad reputation and all that goes with it. Jesus chose, he could have been born anywhere. He said, let's go to Jerusalem, man. No, no, no. I'm going to go to the place that's down and out. Why? Because there's going to be a down and out people I'm going to reach for. And they're going to understand what I've gone through for them. How many realize Mary came from there? Joseph. Where was Jesus raised? Nazareth. Why? I'm not going to make of myself any reputation. I'm going to deal with, 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 with the most hurting, the most suffering, the most neglected that there is. Because I want my people to know this is why I came. In Genesis, we know the story where Jacob uh, married Leah and Rachel. I, I find it interesting with Leah be because Leah uh, wanted Joseph to love her, but she felt that he hated her. And she thought, if I could just give him children, he'll love me. And, and, and it talks about one child right after another. And he will love me. And he'll want to stay with me. And he won't want to be with Rachel. But folks, you can't please people. Why don't we work on pleasing God? And I'm telling you, Rachel or, or Leah had no peace till she come to the understanding. I don't care how many kids I have. This ain't changing. But she found peace with God. When you and I are trying to please people, we care what they think. We care what they say. Now, I, and I understand that's part of human nature, but I cannot let that override. But God, what do you say? What are your concerns about this behavior, this action, this crowd, these people? See what I'm saying? And so, again, it becomes important that we understand what God is trying to do and how he's trying to minister to me in this place. Do you realize that Nazareth, on two different occasions, is where Jesus, the people, when he tried to teach, they were going to throw him headlong out of the city? Folks, that was Nazareth. Wait, wait, wait. This is a hometown boy. Not from our town. He might have grew up here a bit. See what I'm saying? Why, why did he allow all that to happen? Because most of us in this room were not voted the most likely to succeed in our senior class at high school, if we even got to our senior class. Am I making any sense? I'm trying to help somebody understand tonight. You may have God on the throne unapproachable, doesn't understand my problem, doesn't understand my situation. We say, oh, no, no, no. Now let's back up and let's get into the book right now. Let, let's find out where I was raised, what I went through, the mockings and the made fun of and asked to leave the city. And I had to blind them so I could walk through them or they'd have thrown me down over the cliff. Welcome to Nazareth. I find in Matthew chapter 1, the genealogy of Jesus. Again, we, we think of prominent people. This is the bloodline of the Messiah, man. This is, this is, you know, the best of the best. This is the cream of the crop. There ain't no black sheep in that thing. Oh, really? Well, Tamar, a Canaanite woman who had married, her son was, her, her husband was wicked, and the scripture said the Lord took him. Married the second one. He was wicked and the Lord took him. And she was going to be removed and out of the family. She dressed as a harlot and sat on the side of the road. She said, because I don't want to be left out. She's in the family tree. Just okay. How about Rahab? I mean, they just label her. Rahab the harlot. Could you imagine? Roll call of heroes. Who are you? Rahab the harlot.
But her faith in God didn't pay attention to a title or a name that somebody put on her. She understood, I found favor with God. I hid those two spies, and I found favor with God. And I said, God, when you come to destroy all of this, I'm going to put a thread down over that wall, and my family's going to be saved. My background may have been horrible, but I see who you are, and I'm here to change my life. These women did not live in guilt and shame and condemnation. I accepted the grace of God. There are things I've done in my life before I came to God we could never discuss. How can I be here tonight? The grace of God and I accepted it. I received it. I don't beat myself up. I mean, I did for years, but I learned to go quit. I learned to overcome it. I learned to accept it. Another dangerous place I think we get in in this same subject is Humility. we got to have humility, and I understand that. But I think we can take it too far. I can take it to the place I'm drawing all kinds of attention to myself by looking like I'm just sad and, and I'm so beat down and, and I'm really not. I'm a child of God, but maybe not. And you know what I'm talking about? Wait, wait, you should be walking with your head up. I'm not talking about proud or arrogant or anything, but I am a son of the Most High God. You are a daughter of the Most High God. I should start acting like that, thinking like that, and believing like that. When the Lord said, I want to use you, you should say, here am I, Lord, send me. It shouldn't be, oh, no, I'm not worthy. If I'm correct, God doesn't make mistakes. He can't lie and he can't fail. So when God is doing a work in my life and trying to take me into ministry, I have to receive it and be thankful. Lord, I'm thankful. I mean, you may see more in me than I'm seeing in myself right now. But if you want me to witness to this man, I'm going to. You want me to teach this small group, I'm going to. You want me to step out and do this, and I'm going to do it. Because I, I don't understand it all, but I know what you've done in my life to this point. And I can trust you to take me to the next place. Again, it's an allowing of God to work and to move. Jesus was ridiculed because he ate with publicans and sinners. Why do, why do, we, why do we get a, How do we let the devil tell us we're worthless and we're no good? When we, when we realize who he rubs shoulders with. Zacchaeus, get down out of that tree. I'm eating at your house today. Oh, boy, he's a publican and sinner, tax collector, crook, thief. That's why I came. That's why I'm here. He's going to do a great work for God. God's going to do something great in his life. God's already doing great things in your life. You've got to realize, but I'm not going to let the enemy come in and, and take me to a place that I feel I'm not worthy. Because I want to understand, this is what he came to do, which was to minister to me. And he purposely went through things uh, on the earth to help us understand it. Can we go to Isaiah 53? I want to bring a couple things out there, starting verse 2 through 5, if we could go there. Again, I'm just trying to understand God in the sense of what he came to do for me and and how he positioned himself to help me understand I can make it. I can get through this place. Remember, everything in your walk with God is developed into seasons. Seasons. All kinds of different seasons of ministry, seasons of life. But please understand, it's not going to be this way the rest of your life. I so appreciated the message on Sunday, Elder Hart. One of the things that excites me in that story of Job, a lot of people think he was in that for years and years and years. It's just barely over a year. When you do the math, dear God, anybody had cancer? That took about two years to get through. Come on, start paralleling these things and realize, hey, what Job went through may have lasted a year, but you and I have been through different things that lasted a year, but the Lord brought us through. It was a season in my life. It wasn't always going to be that way, but for now it is. Seasons. Uh, We went through a a financial season here, and uh, about the second year in and, and lost everything. Uh, and, And that season was teaching me to trust God. I'll make a way when there isn't a way. You can put it on paper and you can't make it, but you will make it every month. I'm a preacher. I'm not supposed to be the guy calling the light company. Hey, could you just give me two more weeks? 
calling Nob Hill Water. Hey, you know, I, could you just work with me? <laughs> I'm trying to get work. I'm trying to find side jobs. It was a season. I've never had to do that before, and I've never had to do it since. But I learned how to trust God in the season. Some of you are simply in a season right now. But don't let the devil beat you up in the season. Don't let him tell you you're worthless and you're no good and you're out of the will of God and God doesn't love you and he doesn't care. That's not true. In my life, what helped me for that two-year span was that the church never stopped growing. I might have been too broke to pay attention, but the church was rolling on. And what kept me going was I was in the will of God. See, I knew that. I knew I belonged here. That, that was not a question. God made that very, very clear. It was the devil that would try to discourage me. It was God who was telling His hand was on my life for that two years. It was his will. It was his plan. And I had to thank him for it. God, you're the way maker, you're the provider. You're doing something in my life to get me to where I can be even become more effective within my ministry. See, see again, I believe so much of it is perspective. You, you, you can't go negative. I, I, there's a lot of words I've worked on over the years to get out of my vocabulary. Words like, I don't care. Well, that's not true. Go ahead, leave. I don't care. Yes, you do. You'll be bawling for a week. Come on, we do care, don't we? But when somebody says, what do you think about me? Well, I don't care. Quit lying. See, there's work because I, I do care. And I am concerned. So I'm not going to let myself think in a wrong way or take me down a road I don't want to go down. God, you'll make a way. I don't know how. I don't know when. And I don't know where. But my faith is in you. My confidence is that you're going to make a way. And so I do care. And I'm not going to let things go negative. Uh, one of the probably greatest things for me uh, in, in dealing with negativity, if I could deal with marriage for just a second here, is when you get upset with your spouse to not go negative. I can't believe it. Yeah, what's the nerve of it? You know how I started working on that? Lord, if the greatest among us is a servant of all, I'm going to take on a servant's attitude. See, I want my mind to stay where it needs to be so God can use me. So, so the devil doesn't destroy my family. Because if I let him, he'll tell, it's not worth your time. It's not worth your energy. You, you can't turn it around. There's no hope. There's no, all of that's a lie. But you can't let your mind take you that. you got to learn to rebuke spirits in your sleep sometimes. Because the devil will try to come into your mindset. And you got to start rebuking it. Wow, I refuse to think that. I won't think that way. Because I know God's the way maker, the provider, the healer. And he, he doesn't want us apart. He wants us together. He put us together. And so he's got a plan. And so I'm going to keep my mind right. Not let it go negative and not let it think crazy things, but bring it back and say, okay, God, we've got some things to work through, but I'm going to keep a right attitude and a right spirit, and, and we will get through this. Two people in my mind baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost can get through anything. Because we should be able to sit down and communicate. We should be able to sit down and put a plan together. Come on. If God is God and he's interested and he is, I should be able to, to be able to work through it and not think the worst all the time. It, it's so easy to think the worst. Didn't it? Jacob, this is your son's coat. Ah! He's dead. No, he's not. But you let your mind go there. And then they go to Egypt to buy corn and they come back. Hey, Joseph's alive. Don't lie to me. Don't be playing with me. Don't be messing with my feelings. No, he's alive. God had a plan. Notice, all I'm bringing out, notice the attitude and the negativity. Wouldn't most of us be running and jumping and shouting? I mean, even with a cane, you know what I mean? I mean, I mean whatever it would take, my boy's alive. He didn't get killed by a wild animal. I'm just telling you the scripture helps us. 
showing us where if I let my mind take me. He was in mourning all those years, and he didn't have to be. Don't let the devil just pile on in your mindset. If you could believe that you are important to God and you count. Let's just think about that for a minute. You are important to God. Oh, I don't matter. I don't. Well, no, no, no. You are important to God. How do I know? Because he's reached for you. You're here tonight. He's working in your life. You are important to God. You got to believe that. You got to. You know how I am? I'm still in all that he chose me. I mean, 40 years later. <laughs> Any of you ever played sports and nobody wanted you? <laughs> you take those two, you know, because you're the last two. You, you take them and you feel, well, I feel good about that. <laughs> they want me. No, they don't. But God said, I chose you. you no, know, I know where you're at. I know what you've been through. I know the hurt, the pain, the rejection. I know all that. But I'm going to heal that. I'm going to change that. In Luke chapter 8, Mary Magdalene. We'll get there. Mary Magdalene. The Bible said in whom he cast out seven devils and healed her infirmities. Inner pains and inner cripplings that she had received. Folks, if you cast seven devils out of somebody, I don't think she's going to be mother of the year. I just, I'm guessing there. I may be overstepping my boundary, but I just kind of got a feeling she wasn't the model mom. I think she was in the honky-tonks and the kids were at home by themselves. I believe she was out running around. But I want you to catch something. When God cast out the devils, he knew it was more than that. If this woman was going to make it, I'm going to have to heal her emotionally and spiritually. That is going to have to take place. So she believes she's, she has value and she's important in the kingdom. Just read the rest of the story and that's exactly what happened. Who was at the crucifixion? Who's the first one to the tomb? See, you got to understand, he gives us example after example. How about Legion? Demonic. Don't even, nobody wants him at home. He can't even live in the city. He's got to live in a graveyard, in a cave. He's cutting himself. He's had uh, handcuffs that were broken. They call him fetters, but broken handcuffs. He's a mess. He's cutting himself with rocks. But Jesus gets in a boat and says, I'm going across the lake because there's a, there's a, that ain't even his name. Legion just means 6,000. If I could tag on to Elder Hart from Sunday, 6,000 devils couldn't kill him, and you get worried over one. Do you realize that when Satan is thrown into the bottomless pit, that angel isn't even mentioned? It's kind of like anybody will work here in heaven. Anyway. You can just go take that. Again, we give way too much credit. To the enemy. We've got to understand the power in God. I don't even preach on that guy. I want to preach on the one that destroys him. I want to preach on the one that can subdue him. I want to preach on the one that will give me victory over him. Tell me how to live for God. Show me how to live for God. And understand what God's trying to do in my life. Okay. 53, please. Chapter 53. I'm trying to deal here with to get somebody to understand. He does understand. He shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness that we shall see him. And there is no beauty that we should desire him. Can you believe that Jesus said, I could be anything I want to be, but I want to be ugly? He said, I'm going to turn all the heads. No. No, he said, I, I don't want any attention to this flesh. I want no beauty that everybody's looking at me because of my looks. And I know we live in a generation that really goes off that. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus purposely said, I don't want no attention to draw to that. That's not going to be on my list of anything important. 
Now, I want you to understand, he's God in the flesh. He could have done it any way he wanted when it came to looks, but he chose, no, no. I'm going to make sure that I'm not a standout in that crowd. I'm going to have pimples, and I'm going to, you know, have all this kind of stuff going on. He was probably going bald. I don't know if he was or not. But But again, what was he doing? He said, I want you to understand. I know where you're at. You see me, I don't fit in. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not handsome enough. Why are we worrying about that? Why are we stuck on that? Because the world wants pushes that. The Bible doesn't push that. I, I, I believe you've got to come to a place in your walk with God that you accept who you are in the Lord. My hair is turning loose and gray at the same time. I got false teeth. They're like the stars. They come out at night. I, hey, it is what it is. I'm not going to go hide at night somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Come on. I, I can live. It goes all the hair falls out. It falls out. He still loves me. I'm still involved in ministry. I still got to walk with God. Yes. See what I'm saying? We get hung up on all this outward stuff. Next thing I need is hearing aids. So I'm going to be the bionic man before long. <laughs> you won't know what's real or fake. <laughs> I'm only saying some of these things to help you understand. Let's not get hung up on this. See, we can get real hung up on some of this stuff or just simply understand it's part of getting old. It's part of age. It's part of, I can't change it if I wanted to change it. I'd look a little ridiculous with a toupee. So I'm not getting one. You see what I'm saying? Why, Why don't I work on my relationship with God? That I can come to the place of acceptance. Because again, he, he didn't draw uh, attention to beauty. He drawed attention to, to restoration, to ministry, to, to helping. And, and I mean, he stopped the funeral procession because this is her only boy. This is the only thing left for survival for her. Why? He was filled with compassion and he stopped it and he raises this boy from the dead. I'm here. This is what he came for. Next verse, please. He is despised and rejected of men. Remember they wanted to throw him headlong out of the city? Remember they got upset with his teaching, with his ministry? You're casting out devils by Beelzebub, the king of the devils. All the accusations, all, all those things that were said. He said, why did I go through all that? Because sometimes when you witness, you're rejected. Sometimes when you share with people, they don't receive it. Come on. He he said, I want you to understand. I'm here with you. I I purposely went through this because I'm going to help you get through it. I want you to understand. Purposely, God manifest in the flesh. Went through these things for you and I. That I can't say, God, you don't know. You don't know what it's like to be hurt like that. Oh, really? One of the ones that intrigues me is Mary, the mother of Jesus. You know what she had to go through? You know, we like Mary, the mother of Jesus. Whew. The accolades and the parades and, the, and all. Oh, no, no, there were no parades. She had a stench on her. You had an affair. That boy's illegitimate. And the cloud that hung over her. But she, she had a relationship with God. I don't care what you say. You can make fun of me. But there's going to come a day that all of this is going to come to light. That's why I believe in John chapter 2. When they're at the wedding in Canaan to Galilee. And they said we have no wine. And his mother comes to him. And says, Jesus make some wine. Woman. I like that. Woman. It ain't my time. Look. They've made fun of me for 33 years. They've harassed me, and, I, and they don't believe that you're the Messiah. Come on, let's get some proof going. You think she could have want justified a little bit? Come on, come on, do it. Wait, whatever he tells you to do, do it. Hey, fill some pods. 
to you and I. He, he wants you to know we go through those things. We understand. Mary went through those things. It wasn't a parade for her. It wasn't a glorious time. She understood her ministry and her mission, and she loved God more than she, she was willing to let anything else take her away. I believe if Joseph would have rejected her, she would have still went on. Still went on. Will you live for God if somebody rejects you? getting too quiet in here because sometimes we're not always accepted I have family that's left that has, will have nothing to do with me because I'm a preacher yeah it costs sometimes to live for God but I'm going to live for God I pray for them. I, I want God to save them. You see what I'm saying? But I, I'm not going to please men and backslide and go be with them. I'm going to keep walking with God because the only hope they got is I keep walking with God. But I want to tell you something. When a crisis hits and they're on the phone, Curtis, pray. <laughs> so what you and I deal with, he dealt with. Man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. See, I want you to understand, he went through sorrow. There were times of sorrow in his life. Why? Why? Because you're going to go through it, and I'm going to go through it, but I can heal you. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 and 16. We'll hurry here. I got to know who he is, and I got to know what he's wanting to do in my life. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. My pain, my hurt. He said, I had to go there ahead of you so that you know that I can minister to you. If I had not gone there, if I had not allowed those things to happen to me, they weren't pleasant, especially to be God manifest in the flesh who knew no sin but allowed those things to come. He said, because there's going to be a people that need this ministry, and I want them to know that I love them. I want them to know that I allowed myself to go through this so I could minister to you. God does not want us to walk around with our head down. God doesn't want us to have a defeated spirit in our walk with God. Come on, he gave you the Holy Ghost. We're overcomers. The scripture said, I go forth conquering and to conquer. I go from faith to faith. I go from victory to victory. Somewhere I've got to put that in my spirit. You see, what I'm in a season and it's not much fun, but we're going from victory to victory and faith to faith and conquering to conquer. I'm coming out of this and I will come out victorious because the Lord is on my side. I have memorized many verses to deal with what I'm talking to you about tonight. That every time a negative thought would come, I, I would rebuke it and start quoting the word. Quoting the word. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I am not a societal reject. I am not a reject of my family. My father had four children and he didn't even like kids. You can tell childhood was good. <laughs> but my heavenly father's never turned me away once. My heavenly father has been there always, always never forsaken me. I kind of feel honored to tell you the truth that I, I could have that heavenly father in my life that I knew would never beat me, that would never curse me, that would never kick me to the side. I could trust him. I, I could understand that he knows what I've gone through, and he's raised me up. He's healed me from the inside out. I hope I'm not misunderstood in this next statement, but if we're not careful, a lot of times people think the Holy Ghost is the cure-all. You just need to get in that altar, get filled with the Holy Ghost, and your problems are gone. No, no, God's given you power to work through the problem. He's given you a place in prayer that you can pray through this thing. Say, God, I do feel like a reject. I do feel like I'm worthless, but I know your word says I'm not, and I'm going to start putting the word in my heart. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. I want to understand who I am in God. 
See, I'll never use the authority of God in prayer if I don't know who I am. If I feel I got to beat myself up, if I feel I got to walk around like I'm worthless and I'm no good and and I'll never amount to anything, I'll never have power with God. It's not going to happen. That's false humility. There's somebody here tonight, you're walking in false guilt and you're walking in false shame. When Elder Hart started Sunday morning at the first of it on the love of God and letting God love you, God really, I was already working on this and God really began to bring it to light to me. That's when I made the statement God wants to deliver. He doesn't want you to think that way. He doesn't want you false guilt. See, if you've been baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost and that blood has been applied, everything from now on is false. That's washed away. Brand new conscience. Take on the name. Come on. All that, that's in here. You can't live in your past. Past pain, past hurt, past sorrow. No, no. Let's get to the present. Let, let's let God bring us to, to tonight right here in this place. Say, God, I want to get to where I'm at right here. I want to move from tonight forward, and I'm willing to let go. Let go. Let go. I did a funeral one time of an elderly gentleman from my church. When he passed away in the hospital, he had five children. Four of the children told me, you can do the funeral preacher, but I don't want one good word said about him. Okay. (laughs) I thought, man, there must be some deep pain, some deep hurt, some deep rejection here. Well, they begin to tell me. He was married and those five kids. But after work, he'd get his girlfriend come to the house. She'd stay in the car, and he'd go in and change his clothes, and they'd go honky-tonking. And he'd drop her off and come back home. And the kids was watching this as they were growing up. And they absolutely hated him. In fact, the funeral was only about 15 to 20 people. Immediate family only. And I used an illustration because I was preaching on forgiveness. And I used this illustration. Do you realize that the fist clenched is a sign of anger? Holding that fist up like that. I had everybody in that room hold their fist up. I said, but before you walk out of here today, I want you to turn loose of all the hurt, all the pain, all the bitterness. I'm telling you, that place turned into church, weeping and crying and, and just falling on their face before God in that place. I'm here to tell somebody tonight, it is as simple as letting go. God, help me to let go. Tonight, I'm going to let go. See, you're hanging on to something that God said, why? Why would you hang on to that? It's not going to help you spiritually. In fact, it's going to pull you down. But God said, I don't want you pulled down. I'm here to raise you up. But, but I can't as long as you hang on to that. So I'm telling somebody, we're going to let go. We're going to let go. Can we just begin to pray right now? Father, we come to you tonight. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on. In the name of Jesus, come on. Come on, there's a deliverance in the house tonight. There may be one, there may be 21 tonight. I don't know. All I know is God has made an appointment with you tonight, and he's asking you, would you let go? All the eyes are closed and nobody's looking around. If you're here tonight and you've got that clenched fist of pain, of rejection, and, uh, and, and all the hurt that is there, I want you before God tonight to clench that fist, and then I want you to just let it go. 
Could you do that tonight? Come on. Just let it go. God, here it is. I, I let go of it. I, I'm given all the pain and all the rejection and, and all the condemnation and all the false guilt and all that false shame. God, here, you take it. I'm letting go of it. I've been trying to carry it, but it's destroying me. And I don't want it to take me down that road. But, oh, God, tonight, uh, tonight's going to be a brand new night for the rest of my life because I'm letting go. Come on, somebody, let go for God. Has nothing to do with me tonight. This is between you and God tonight. He made an appointment with you tonight in this service to tell you I love you, I care about you, and I don't want you to carry this any longer in your spirit. Let go of it. Just let go of it in the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it. Come on, just press in a little bit. Come on, come on. It'll be worth it, I promise you. The peace that Elder Hart talked about for some of you, if you didn't get it, you can get it if you let go. You'll get it when you let go. When you let God have it. When you quit trying to fix it. When you quit trying to carry it. But you say, okay, God, I'm going to lay it on an altar tonight. I'm handing it over to you tonight. I can't do this anymore. Then God steps in. Come on, when I am weak, he is strong. Come on, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me tonight. I will and I'm going to let go. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. Just let it go. Come on. Pour it out to God. He, he's here for this tonight. This, this is why he's here tonight. This is what he wanted in this service tonight. He helped you. He loves you. He's here to help you. Come on. He's an ever-present help in time of need. God, I thank you that you see where I'm at. I thank you that you would come to me tonight and you would allow me to find this victory in my spirit, this victory in my life tonight, God. I thank you for it tonight. I thank you for it tonight, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Would you just begin to thank the Lord tonight? I want you to thank him for taking it. Come on, you let go of it. Would you thank him? Come on, thank him. Father, thank you for taking it. Thank you, I don't got to carry this any longer. Thank you that you saw me where I was at and you've come to minister to me. You're on my side. The Lord is on my side. Come on, he's for you. He's not against you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much tonight, God. We give you all the praise and all of the glory and all of the honor tonight, God. Oh, that you would minister to our hearts and minister to our lives tonight, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, I'm so thankful tonight. I'm so appreciative of what you're doing in my life. Oh, God. The healing that is taking place, God. Thank you, Lord, God. Oh, the peace of God. Oh, the peace of God that's coming right now. Oh, through this healing in my spirit tonight. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing tonight. God, this will deal in eternity tonight, Lord. The work of the kingdom in someone's life. I have been in services that have changed my life. The preaching. A concept was preached. A principle was preached that changed my life. That helped me to get out of a, of a mindset that was not healthy. A behavior that was not good. I, I allowed the word to get into my heart. And, and I'm willing to make that change. I know change can be awkward, and it's going to be awkward to let go of this, but I'm going to encourage somebody, rebuke it when it tries to come back. 
Come on, when that thought tries to come back to you, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I'm not accepting that. I'm not taking that back into my spirit. Uh-uh. I got rid of it on Wednesday night. I don't want it back. I'm not taking it back. Uh, and, and I may have a little battle for a few days. I'm just trying to warn you, but greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on, you're on the winning side. But we got to act like we're on the winning side. We got to believe we're on the winning side and, and allow God to do this in our lives. I'm just thankful tonight that he wants to help us. You're the apple of his eye. Come on. When you got to know who you are. I'm not just somebody who comes to church. I'm a son of the most high God. I'm his son. He loves to give good gifts to his children. Come on. I'm his daughter. Am I walking in the royalty that he's got for my life? Or am I allowing the enemy to keep trying to pull me back? Once you come to God and you're born again, I think the biggest battle's in your mind. You've got to win that battle. That's why you've got to gird up the loins of your mind. Only way I know to do it's prayer and, and the memorizing of scripture. If you're going to stop thinking negative, I please understand this. You've got to replace it with something. You can't just stop thinking negative. You're going to have to replace it. That's why I started memorizing scripture. The Lord is on my side. I wouldn't ask you to raise your hands tonight, but I could ask that question. How many believe the Lord's not on your side? How do I know he is? Because I went to Psalms and I found it. The Lord's on my side. I don't know about you, but no. <laughs> but he's on my side. Psalms 56, 10. Psalms 57. And he'll do it for me. Come on. I had to go to those verses that, that helped me understand God is interested in me. He's going to do it for me. It's really easy to believe that, that God's going to work in Brother Martin's life. Until I'm in a situation... <laughs> And I need God to work in my life. But I got to understand he's on my side. Can we just stand and thank the Lord one more time? I'm going to turn this back to Elder Hart. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the richness of your spirit. We thank you for your ministry, Lord, of spirit and word to us tonight. We receive of you, we receive of your ministry, Father. We receive of your word. Thank you for the work of your spirit. Thank you for the washing of your blood. Thank you for your love toward us. We worship you tonight and we give you the praise and the glory in this place. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you for the supernatural work that has taken place by your spirit and word in lives here this evening. Let it be written on our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I'm glad you came to the house of the Lord tonight. Praise God. Me too. God bless you. Go with God. Amen. Praise God.